0: Good morning. Before we get into the Bible Reading Plan podcast, I wanted to give a disclaimer that this podcast was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic. Since then, we have changed our rhythms of gathering, and any announcements during this podcast may be incorrect. So for any announcements or logistics mentioned in this podcast, please double-check against the website, victorypoint.org. Thanks. right. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. It is the 17th and we are back. I mean, Ryan and I are still here at the same exact place to record these all at once, but um, we're back with you on Tuesday. And yesterday we talked about 1 Samuel and how God looks at the heart. And today we're going to be looking at Psalm 23. Um, Just a quick reminder before we begin, uh, there's a night of worship and prayer on March 29th. And the Whitecaps game is on April 26th. So um, you can sign up for those things at the welcome table. I guess you don't need to sign up for the night of worship. You just come seven o'clock. All right, Ryan, you ready to dive into scripture for today? I'm ready. Okay. Psalm 23. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. So you said, before we read this, you said uh, that this is a scripture passage that you internalized? Correct. Okay, so tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a passage that I've always connected with. Um, I think that I've always, um, as I've really grown in my faith, I think that I've always connected with um Christ's presence in amidst like my trouble and amidst my darkness and the comfort of a shepherd where a sheep um, is constantly looking to the shepherd as the comforter, as um, the one who leads. A sheep will blindly follow the shepherd's voice. It hears um, the shepherd call out Mm -hmm. and the sheep follows wherever um, the shepherd, the the sheep follows wherever Mm -hmm. the shepherd leads. And so I think that's a beautiful um, passage. Um, and it's a beautiful kind of picture of how Christ leads me and sheep are also prone to wander. And so I too, as as sinner, as someone who is broken, can get lost along my walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so even though I know the shepherd's voice, I can still wander away and the shepherd seeks me out.
0: Mm-hmm. This passage was um, so what I love about the lectionary, the, the Bible reading plan is that though, even though the scriptures are from very different places in the Bible, they read into each other and they kind of echo back and forth. We yes. call these canonical echoes. And yesterday we talked about first Samuel 16, where David is found as a shepherd and this Psalm is written by David, the shepherd. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And so I see David's heart and God's heart kind of coming together. Like this is the touch point, I feel like. Is yes. David's taking his experience as a shepherd and saying, this is how God is with me. Mm-hmm. God is just as gracious with me as I am with my sheep and more so. Um, but it gives me a glimpse into the heart of God. I go, wow. The, this is God's heart that he was looking for in David as he crowned him king. Um, and he even says, you anoint my head with oil. <laughs> and I wonder, did David write this? He must have written this after his anointing at some point. yeah. And reflecting back through his experience and connecting the dots saying, it's because I was out in the field tending sheep that God chose me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that means that God is like a shepherd too. And he's anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Literally, he's anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. But um, I think it's something we can all um, inherit as well, that anointing. You go Okay, that anointing was passed from David all the way down to Jesus, who is the anointed one who we are now grafted into. And we receive that anointing as well and our cup overflows. Um, so I don't know, that was one thing that that I was kind of paying attention to in this, what do you think about the, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? Yeah. I feel like that's like a, a weird, troubling passage. And I feel like there's a lot of different ways to take that. What, what does it do to you when you think about being at a table in the presence of your enemies?
1: Yeah, I think that we're, um, we're called into a life that is more than just we're surrounded by um, our initial community—we're surrounded by trouble that we face. We're surrounded by um, disagreements. Um, we're surrounded by difficult um, beliefs. Especially, the hot topic is you know political beliefs right now that has been driving people apart. Um, and I think that this is a um, a vision or a prophecy going forward hmm. that um, even though we are enemies or there's things that might separate us right now or divide us as individuals, we're all called to the table and there's a, um, a feast that's being prepared for us. Hmm. So it could be echoes looking into future communion and hmm. the breaking of bread, or it could be even a look even further at the table that's being prepared for us and the feast that's being prepared for us, um, in the, Eschaton in mm-hmm. our future as um, God's people and children, and that what divides us will eventually will be brought together. Mm-hmm. So even though they're enemies to me, and although we might be enemies of God, we're all brought together.
0: Yeah, I think of Jesus the night before he was betrayed. He's got he's got the crucifixion on his mind. Obviously, he's got Passover on his mind, and how do I lead these people into Passover? But he's also looking across the table at Judas as his enemy, the one who's betraying him, and he dwells at the table with him anyways. So there's a future aspect to that of like, there's people that will someday leave us or betray us or whatever, hurt us, and yet we still dwell with them nonetheless. There's a present aspect to this of we are right now sitting around tables with our enemies, like you said, political or you know, religious or whatever the divide is, God has prepared that table for us. And so we can dwell with those people in peace right now, knowing that knowing that God has overcome those divisions. And we can we don't have to be afraid of the people who are oppressing us. I think of the early church who was oppressed by the all the powers of Rome and killing them, persecuting them, and living at peace in the in the presence of their enemies. And then also a future thing, like you were saying, the eschaton, the future, the new creation, new heavens and new earth, where God is going to join us together with people who, it's almost a cautionary thing of, be careful who you call your enemies, because someday I'm going to re- reconcile creation. And the people who you thought were your enemies may not actually end up being your enemies. The people that, you know, uh, I think of even people in my own family who, who uh, rely on God's grace, but who bother me, um, who have gone on. There's, I'm thinking my grandfather specifically who's gone on and, um, there's some painful things that happen in our family. And I can't be quick to judge whether he's going to be in glory with me or not, but I do know that he knew Jesus. So I have to reconcile that to go, I'm going to be sitting around the table with a lot of people who were formerly my enemies, whom God has redeemed and reconciled to himself. And I have to be willing to, um, to sit around the table with them for eternity. So that softens my heart, you know? So, um, I think about that too, the, the so there's the past and the present and the future aspect of preparing the table, uh, God preparing the table for us uh, with our enemies. I was thinking about that too. But I think for me, the, the, the final statement of this is really powerful, I think. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long, which connects to what we were just saying about the eschaton, right? And what you were talking about, finally reaching that destination where where, like sheep, we are on a journey, Mm -hmm. we're pilgrims on a journey. And where are we headed? We're headed to the house of the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord our whole lives long or for eternity. And um, I see David basically saying that's the object of my desire. The object of my desire is the presence of God. I My whole being wants to be with God mm-hmm. and I'm willing to endure whatever it takes, the darkest valley. I'm willing to be a sheep and follow the voice because I know that that's where it's taking me. So um, so for me, it's the, it's the encouragement to let my heart's desire be for God every day, to so let my heart kind of burn in desire for the presence of God, um, and let that be what sustains me through whatever valley
1: or whatever thing I'm going through
0: today. How about you? Is there anything that's kind of emerging for you out of the psalm
1: as a final thing? Yeah, I mean, like I think that there was a connection that you were making where you were talking about your enemies and you think about um, that we're called to love above all else, love our enemies, love our neighbors, because we are loved. So, it's the love of God. My cup overflows. Mm -hmm. I think about God loves us out of the overflow of His heart. He's present because of the overflow of His heart. He didn't just create and leave us. It's creator, sustainer, just pouring out Himself out of the overflow of His heart. So, us being anointed, adopted into Christ's life, into this house, into this direction, this path that He has us on, that God is working us towards, that we're on this winding, complicated journey that we're called to love the Lord our God and love our neighbor. And our neighbors can be our enemies. Our neighbors can be our best friends. They can be our family. They can be distant family that we have a complicated relationship with. We are loved and need to be viewing our enemies likewise as children that are loved and that are on this journey towards um, this final feast that David is wanting us to experience deeper and that he's also working towards, even though he, as this great leader of Israel, also experiences dark valleys.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks, Ryan. So tomorrow we're going to do John 9, verses 1 through 41. It's another long passage. So we're going to have to buckle in tomorrow and just just, uh, enjoy it. Um, So thanks for tuning in today. And um, Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.